0: Welcome to Evolution in Controls, I'm your host Tim Wilson, thank you for joining us. For today's episode, we're going to talk about a technology and product category that's been around for quite a while. But just because it's been around for decades, doesn't mean that it's long in the tooth. The advancements in technology taking place in the world around us are astounding and leave no area untouched or unchanged, and the pace of that change is already rapid and accelerating. Our subject today is hydraulic cartridge valves. They've been around a long time and have passed the test of time. But with the advancements in materials, manufacturing, and electronics, cartridge valves may face what may be the ultimate test. Adapt or fade away. But what changes can be made? What technology fits this product technology best? And most importantly, where does it take the cartridge valve? Are there completely new product categories or products coming in the future? Here to help us peer into the future of cartridge technology are two guests from a company that trades on the New York Stock Exchange. That company is Sarasota-based Helios Technologies and our guests are from its Sun Hydraulics division. Mr. Larry Rowe is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing and Mr. Steve Meislin is the Head of Product Engineering. Guys, thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. Um, Tell us a little bit about Sun Hydraulics.
1: All right, Sun Hydraulics has been, we celebrated our 50th year, and it's been over 50 years now, and as what you talked about, it's been around for decades. So Sun Hydraulics really uh, specialized in load holding technology and pressure controls, and uh, so if you think about counterbalance valve technology, holding the load up in the air and everything is where Sun started out. So, and Sun continues to come up with new technologies. Steve's team and the engineering group is coming out with new products all the time and uh, so I see a bright future for Sun in the future here.
0: Steve, he opened the door. He talked about technology. What technology you're watching? What, what kind of advancements? What, what piques your interest?
2: Yeah, on the cartridge valve side, it, it's really looking at electrification and, and digitization and, and to a certain extent computing power as well and, and how those are rapidly changing and becoming less expensive. So that we can integrate those technologies into our cartridge valves to make them function better for for a customer in terms of better control, less energy utilization, or uh, potentially even even quieter. Does it actually change the cartridge valve, the way that you make a cartridge valve, or is it something that you're adding to it? The the core of the cartridge valve stays the same. It's it's really what you add to it. So today we use solenoid valves to actuate um, all of our electrohydraulic products. But uh, there are other technologies out there that, um, that potentially offer more benefits. One of them that we're looking at is stepper motors, for instance, where um, you, you no longer have to be on-off. You can, you can stop mid-stroke, and it doesn't consume energy to do that. You get some inherent... Hold position? It, yeah, you can hold position. You get inherent position feedback as well. And so there's some additional technologies like that that we're, we're keeping a close eye on. So the core stays the same, but what it's able to do is affected by what you've added to the valve. That's correct and and generally when we're thinking about our customers they they want uh, improved energy efficiency or finer control um, and and potentially a quieter application as well and so those are some of the things that we think about.
0: What are some of the, Larry, what are some of the new products that you've come out with that's applying some of this technology that
1: uh, what Sun has done is they've expanded their whole product portfolio. We have what's called our Sun Common line. We've had our Flex line, which is an EH line. And the EH line has just really taken off for us. So between having our Sun Common, the Electrohydraulics, load holding, we put ourselves in a nice position. And we, and we, we can flow ranges from one gallon up to 120 gallons. So our product portfolio has really expanded over the last few years and uh, Steve's teams continue to move forward with electrification, digitalization, and and moving on. So our trading partners are going to be very happy with our product portfolio that we're coming out with.
0: Are are there any product-preceding technologies that were required for you to get to these new products?
2: Yeah, we're we're looking at numerous product-preceding technologies right now. So I I mentioned the actuator technologies. Mm -hmm. Another big one is sensor integration, finding Um, smarter ways to... Into the
0: valve, sensor integrated into the valve.
2: Finding smarter ways to do that, yeah. It's it's challenging because our valves are really small and it's an extremely harsh environment, up to 5,000 PSI and and high temperatures. Um, But we want to somehow get that information to make smarter decisions with it and uh, and we're also looking at other technologies such as additive manufacturing it's it's an area that's uh... quickly changing and it will enable additional functionality in cartridge valves when it becomes commercially viable so larry here's
0: a question for you as as they come up with new products new technology advanced technology this is a hydraulic product that you're now adding electronics into does it affect how they're
1: sold, how they're applied, how they're installed, how they're serviced and operated? It definitely does. Uh, the, the days of just going on off system mm-hmm. have gone. So now what you got to do is you got to have a trained sales force to be able to go over and talk the technology with the trading partners. They become more important than ever right now. Sun's a distribution based technology type company. So our trading partners that are out there, especially Morale, they, they have uh, engineers on staff, electrical, mechanical, hydraulic, and they've all come together to put the solution together. So we've integrated all the technologies. So, yeah, it's very important.
0: What are you doing in your sales and marketing to get your distributors or your trading partners ready for these new products?
1: More important is the marketing department more so than ever right now. It's kind of what we're doing today. We're talking about technology, where it's going, where we're going with it. And you also, the one thing you got to watch out for is to not promise something that you don't have ready. to. that's one thing that's real important. But at the same token, but once you're ready to go, you got to go hard on it. Steve's going to talk a little bit about where how long the the product life cycle is on stuff because it switches so quickly. You got supply chain issues and stuff. So, but the main thing is what you asked me originally was when you're going out into the field, making sure that they have all the information, train, 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 training, and training, more training.
0: Are you requiring your partners to go through the training? Are you offering the training? Are you leading the training?
1: We do. Every month we offer, and we send it out, and we have people come from all over the world to our training facilities in Sarasota, Florida. And when you look back on all the uh, surveys and stuff, it's worked out very well for them. Yeah.
0: What kind of... What kind of impediments, roadblocks, road resistance do you have for some of the, the adoption of some of this new technology? Change is, change is good, but not everybody wants to go first.
2: Yeah, well, the, the products are definitely getting more complex, where within Sun, we used to be able to machine every component in a cartridge valve ourselves and turn it around really quickly. Almost every new product that we're working on right now is going to have some sort of a printed cir- circuit board incorporated into it. And so that supply chain is getting more complex, and at a time right now where you know everybody knows about the part obsolescence and part shortages that are going on, that supply chain has got a lot more complex. The other potential negative is just how quickly those products change. It, it's a good and a bad. that the, the technologies are, are being upgraded very quickly, but that means our, our products get up updated really quickly as well. So the life cycle of the product may not be 20 years anymore. Yeah, we've, we've got some hydromechanical valves that are 20 years old and we haven't changed and I don't think that's going to happen in electro hydraulics. In five years you'll have a different product. Right.
0: Well, you mentioned printed circuit boards, so that's electronics. Where there's electronics,
2: there's software. Are you guys putting software into the into the valves now? We, we definitely are. Un- under Helios, we have an electronic segment and a hydraulic segment, and that line, that coll- the collaboration is really making that line gray. And so we're pulling in a lot of uh, resources from the electronic side for designing of printed circuit boards, for developing the software, and, uh, and working together to integrate that into our hydraulic uh, products. Do you see
0: entirely new product categories that are opened up because you've added software, because you've added the electronics? Are there going to be things that the valves couldn't do that they now can do? What does the roadmap look like going out into the future?
2: Well, I think one of the additional functionalities you're going to get is going to be enabled by AI and ML. And that's an area. And that's uh, artificial intelligence, machine ML, learning. Machine learning. And that's one of the areas that we're uh, looking at pretty heavily. And uh, one specific use of that technology is something a lot of people have talked about for a while, and that's uh, prognostics, or being able to predict a failure before a failure actually happens and so we're, we're looking at all the information that's going going into the valve and we're looking at what's coming out of the valve doing some machine learning processing on that and determining the the state of health of that valve. If I'm,
0: l- let me push back a little bit, if I'm running a a backhoe or I'm running running something, life safety's not involved, if it's going to fail it's going to fail, why do I need to know about it in advance?
1: Well. Let's say if something does end up failing, you got your whole hydraulic system. You might have to rework everything in there. The other thing is too, is that if it is a backhoe, or if, let's just use an excavator. If you're on a job and you got certain time to do this job, and you know that something's going to go down on your excavator, you either pull in another one or fix the one that you have right now. So, if you're going to have a failure in a hydraulic system, you know, and I know, you got to do a lot of cleanup work to get it to work properly.
0: It's the cost of the failure. The cost of is the what failure, you're talking about. Yeah. Because these are sophisticated products, are the sales channels or your trading partners, are they going to have to be capable of dealing with these failures and, and dealing with the information, the, the prediction of the failures? Are they going to have to change their service departments?
1: Well, they are because a lot of this stuff is going to be, you know, is going, to be going from a control center. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like what, what Steve was talking to machine logic and everything and knowing what's going to happen, the predictability is going to be huge. So, yeah, that's. Well,
0: it, it brings a question that I'll ask who gets the failure notification? Who's, who is it going to tell? How do you, who does it say, hey, this is getting ready to fail?
2: Yeah, that, that's a, a point of discussion in, in our walls as well, uh, because there, there are different ways that you can do it. We've talked about um, some, something that we're calling um, ML on the edge or hydraulics on the edge, where we're doing edge processing at the valve and determining whether it's good or not, and so from from there, you could just send it to the machine or the operator. You could send it up to a telematic system. You could you could send it to Sun. You could send it to Morel. Have you landed on a solution yet? We haven't. No.
0: Are you looking at the revenue source? That's a revenue generator.
1: It's definitely a revenue generator, and you know, like I said, uh, we're a real trading partner company. Our trading partners can look at that resource. So uh, like I said, you talk talk about liability a lot of times, too. Where where is that going to sit? So um, that's the one thing that needs to be worked out real closely over the next five years.
0: Well, you just said five years. I I like to look at where are we going five years from now. You know, we're talking about new products. We're talking about technological advancements. What does the next five years look at? If you looked at Sun and your product line, your trading partners, what do they look like five years from now?
2: Well, I, I think the, the pace of innovation is going to keep up, and I, and I think the focus on electri- electrification and digitization is also going to continue. Um, I, I don't see that, that slowing down, but similarly there's a lot of talk of, of hydraulics uh, becoming less important. I, I don't see that coming within the next five years. I think it's going to be as important as ever, um, just with the uh, further incorporation of electronics. So you're saying the electronics augment the hydraulics. Exactly.
0: And that that's going to continue and become more prevalent in the future?
1: Yeah,
2: I I believe it
0: will. What are your trading partners going to look like?
1: Trading partners, uh, you you know, what's happened in the past is that the last five years integrators have been a real big thing right now. And the trading partners that we have are are going to be able to take these solutions and pull them together. And Suns is a trading partner based company and I don't see that changing in the next five years. Uh, The reason being is because you look at some of our trading partners; they got everything. They got electrical engineers, they got mechanical engineers, they got hydraulic engineers, and the way that we're set up, we're able to talk with those folks. So we'll be able to help them out and get them down to our training facilities and be able to move forward in the future.
0: Hmm. Well, maybe we should get together in five years from now to see if predictions come out. Let's uh, let's try and work that out. We'd love to. That's ideal. I appreciate you joining me. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: To learn more about Helios Technologies, their stock symbol on the New York Stock Exchange is HLIO. To learn more about Sun Hydraulics, visit their website, sunhydraulics.com. To learn more about Morel and their systems and solutions, visit morel-group.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Evolution in Controls on whatever platform you use for podcasts or on YouTube for a video version so you can be updated when we release new episodes. Thank you again for joining us today. I'm Tim Wilson, and remember, keep moving.